Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Family Podcast. Um, God and Home. God and Home. Podcast. Today, we're going to be picking up right where we left off in Hebrews, uh, finishing off the rest of chapter 7, which is actually going to be talking about um, the superior priesthood of Jesus Christ. Like right beforehand, we were reading about how we inherit the promise. And part of that promise was Jesus' priesthood. Wait a minute, did y'all put out the trash? Did y'all put out the trash? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Sorry, today is trash day. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that garbage truck come down. We got too many people in this house and I put the trash out. Go ahead. So, I I would just add this as I interrupted. That um, Hebrews is an important book because it does speak more about how Jesus is the better. Version, yeah, of a lot of things. He's the true the true and how he's a superior yeah so this one's speaking about the superior priesthood priesthood so we're going to read through and we're probably going to stop in between because this is a lot of scripture to get through but starting at verse 11 it says now if perfection came through the levitical priesthood for on the basis of it the people received the law what further need was there for another priest to appear said to be according to the order of melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron. For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must be a change of law as well. For the one who, for the one um, these things are spoken about belong to a different tribe. Not one from it has served at the altar. Now it is evident that our Lord came from Judah, and Moses said nothing about the tribe concerning priests. So right here I want to stop here because it's making um, two good points that I've heard some people um, touch on at our church. Um, one, it says that if the priests beforehand were perfect, then what need was there for a change in that, right? What need was there for Jesus if the priests were already perfect? And we already talked about it before in the past um, couple of chapters in Hebrews, but we know that the priest system of the Levites was not perfect. Right, because it was run by people who were um, on the same level as those they were sacrificing for, who they were atoning for, right? They couldn't be perfect themselves, so they had to bring a sacrifice for themselves as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is really for the people around this time. Hebrews really challenges how central the law is to the Christian walk and to the Christian faith. Because there would be people who tried to hold on to traditions like having the Levite tribe be the priests when this is really driving home that they want a perfect system. We have a perfect priesthood, and that is in Jesus Christ. So we're going to cling to that instead. Yes, that's good right there. I like how you made that connection. And then the other point is is pointing towards who that perfect priesthood is. Like We know for sure that it is, is Jesus, but some people, they have been blinded as to think that it is not Jesus Christ. And so that's what they made the point, is that it came from a different tribe, right? The tribe of, tribe of Judah, and that Moses said nothing about the tribe of Levites when he was prophesying about the new priests to come. When he laid out that order. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Does anybody else have anything to like to say about this part of scripture? At, you know, at the very end, it just it does give emphasis. It did it does give way where this could happen. Because it says Moses never said that the priest could come from Judah's family. So we see that the old law has changed. 
So, I mean, Moses didn't prohibit it. You know, he just laid out the order. But um, just like how it gives a way for that to, to occur at that very um, last sentence. And because it says, now it is evident that our Lord came from Judah. And Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning priests. It just says he didn't say anything about it, mm-hmm. you know, but didn't say that it could not happen, you know. So, yeah. I think that was important too, because Moses and his word was very important during the time, because that's some it of the was. only readings that they had. They didn't have the New Testament like we do. Mm-hmm. And so to say that Moses never was direct in this kind of backed off some um some arguments who would say well moses said it had to be in the Levites. well actually moses didn't say mm-hmm. anything so who are you to suppose mm-hmm. what moses said mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. anybody else i think this next part is actually is gonna be really good and help tie this all in together um in verse 15 it says and this becomes clearer if another priest like melchizedek appears who did not become a priest based on a legal regulation about physical descent, like the Levite tribe, but based on the power of an indestructible life. For it has been testified, testified, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Yeah, I think that, like you said, it sums it all up. It says, and this becomes clearer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it tells you if you have any more questions about it. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, who did not become a priest priest based upon a legal regulation about physical descent, but based on the power, that's the key word. It's based on the power and the indestructible life, because he is the he is our high high priest. He is superior in his priesthood. He did not sin. We're talking about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, his sacrifice he offered from once and for all. Whereas men who were sinful had to go in and um, offer for themselves their own sins and then prepare themselves to be able to offer for, you know, the sins of the nation. And even at a point where they, a part of their Levitical um, law, like they put the sins on the back of, you know, a goat and mm-hmm. have it go out into the wilderness. They call it a scapegoat. We use that a lot in our English terminology. Like somebody can get away with what they did. They're called a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And that's symbolic. And, but um, that Jesus was, he he, he was our, our, I don't know if I, could, if I can say it, but... He was our scapegoat. He really took on the burden of our sins, but he was held accountable, yeah. even to the point of death. You know, there was, I mean, there's so many. And like I said, if we look at the Levitical law, we look at all the different things they have to do, all the different things they had to atone for. It, it was just, I don't know how many laws, how many laws were there? Somebody said it was like 640 laws. Is lot. that right? Do you remember that, Will? If it was 640 or... 740 it was something it was in hundreds i don't know but I, it was I, over 500 i know that i do i do like the example that you gave about the scapegoat yeah right right and um you know what just popped into my mind uh when you said that you know that that goat that represented the sins of the camp was sent away into the wilderness mm-hmm. and um 
you know the the difference of that the difference between the two with Jesus being the scapegoat is that um you know that goat sent away was sent away and he was sent to die mm-hmm. for the sins of the people mm-hmm. and so Jesus it was the scapegoat but he raised again yeah um and that showed that he had victory over sin he had atoned for the sins of the people but he was able to come back um and still be amongst the people proving that he had the power of god and that he was god yeah and then the other picture of that is that he's coming again which is which is a great thing that goat never returns back to the camp Mm -hmm. but jesus being a a greater scapegoat or the greatest scapegoat for mankind um not only um atoned for the sins he raised himself and then he will come back again which is two things that 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 scapegoat was never able to do um that scapegoat never came back to the camp and that scape that scapegoat um died in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and so even though jesus died in the wilderness he was able to raise himself by the power of the holy spirit his father raised him and then he's coming again uh for the saints it was a type it was a type type. because those sins were put on that scapegoat to have them to be departed from the camp Mm -hmm. of the israelites to be Mm -hmm. departed from the city um, that where they lived, you know, because, you know, for them to be holy and for the city to be holy for the kingdom, yeah. um, which they were striving to establish among the kingdoms of this earth, they had to be holy and the, that could not be there. So they had to cast it out. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it paints that picture how, um, Jesus, not only was he, perfect and he did not sin just like the levitical priests who took actionary steps to um cover our sins you know but they had to keep doing it here's jesus he took the actionary step where one time one time and um and like you said you painted that picture as well so there's so many different layers to that imagery and i'm sure we're not doing it Justice, you have to really get into it and meditate on the rest of the day and and what our of what we do is we come and we bring these these um subject matters up to the light in the scripture because we're just reading it. The Holy Spirit just give us um revelation and insight, but the thing about it is is like we said, we know in part, so we continue to meditate and study mm-hmm. on this I verse. think another part about this before we move on from this part of mm-hmm. scripture is important um is that God is setting a precedent with Melchizedek Mm. right like Mm -hmm. he was a precursor to the kind of priest that Jesus was going to be right like it says um that another priest like Melchizedek appears who did not become a priest based on legal regulation or physical descent and that sounds just like Jesus yes right and what's flawed with just humans thinking in general about God is that we rely on God's president to dictate what his actions will be Right, so the people that he's talking to, the author in this book, Hebrews, they believe that um, Jesus can't be a priest because there's never been a priest like him before who was not decided by law or decided by descent. Mm-hmm. Well, the author in his book is saying, well, really, that's not true mm-hmm. because Melchizedek was like that, so it's already happened before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that goes to show that um, one that uh, when we're going through the Bible, we see presidents that happen; it can happen again. And then the, two, the providence, yeah. the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Yes, His purpose, how He order things. We may not be clever enough to really understand exactly, but it He has set precedents, like you said, of it happening before. It's a type. It's a shadow that exactly. existed. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we also have to be willing and open for God to do things that are completely new, which also did happen during this time. That's because he said he will actually create a new heaven and new earth. Exactly. So if you're not um, ready for God who had made all things, and he said he would make things new, mm-hmm. you know, you have to really walk in step with the spirit to be able to just trust him. You, I mean, just come back down to trust and faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The new heaven and, and, and new earth, that is that for the people that have been saved from... Yeah, because this is, this is mm-hmm. after all the events of Revelation, mm-hmm. where he builds yeah. the new heaven and new mm-hmm. earth. So all the people who mm-hmm. are with Satan, they will be gone, they'll be destroyed. It will only be the people who believed. Right. Yeah, and so, you know, the reason why I brought up that point is just for us to understand how God, he is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He decides, just like when Job, Job was like, wait a minute here. All this stuff is happening to me. I didn't really do anything. I want to question God. I want to go to court. I want to bring <laughs> up my defense. I want to share with him what I think should happen, mm-hmm. right? And so bottom line is God was like, were you there at the beginning? Were you there? You know, um, just basically you just got to get to a point where you just going to trust me. You may not understand everything. But here, like you said, um, this person um, did take the point of reviewing historical accounts Mm -hmm. of um, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, who also... Uh, um, receive the offering of what you will give to a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think further on it gives more yeah, um, it gives depth. More. Yes, I love how it's uncovering each layer. You want to go ahead? Mm-hmm. Okay, so verse 18, it says, So the previous command is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable, mm. for the law perfected nothing. So, you know what? I don't... We got to go. We had to come back to that. So I, we talked about the power and the in, indestructible life. I think we did wrap through that, right? Yeah, we How did. that separate? Okay, go go back through that. Okay, so just keep it in mind that we're now talking about um, the, law. the priesthood is based on the power of a of an indestructible life. Now go read what you just read. So the previous command is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable. Exactly. So we, if we compare the power, we compare the indestructible life compared to what it was before, it was weak and unprofitable. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I'm, I'm always going to want the better. Yeah. You know, people go and they upgrade all the time. I'm always going to want the bear, better. I want want the superior, just like Pop-Pop. When he go out and buy stuff, mm-hmm. he can't, I, I tell you. You can't just buy middle of the road. He got to have all the bells and the whistles, and 
the thing could be a whole lot more outside of his budget and he is ready to pay we went to the Cadillac store to get his Cadillac fix and this is Cadillac for a hundred and what how much was it that a hundred and one thousand. He talking about trying to get it. And I had to pull the the sell agents off. I had to tell them that he was not going to buy that Cadillac. <laughs> Literally, he come in there to get his car fixed. Mm-hmm. But he saw something was better, right? <laughs> but just, you know, to put a little light heart in this, you know, heart um, in, in this discussion this morning. You got to forgive me because I, when I get up early in the morning, it's just, woo, I'm going to get my thoughts together. But nevertheless um i just like how we are doing that comparison yeah so and that's ahead. why the the rest of this verse is because mm-hmm. you're like is, is literally saying what you're saying mm, and that I mean, okay but a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to god right and that better hope we know we're talking about is jesus because jesus is the one who can perfect us right the law couldn't perfect us but jesus can because jesus was perfect and we are covered by his sacrifice and so we were seen as perfect by God, mm-hmm. which allows us to draw near to him. Mm-hmm. And then verse 20 says, none of this happened without an oath, going back to that promise. Right. For others became priests without an oath, but he became a priest with an oath made by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Now I think part of this is going back like I said, mentioned the promise when we were talking about in Hebrews, the beginning of chapter 7, how it was going over inheriting the promise and how when God makes a promise, right, his promise it will be fulfilled. Because not only is it something that he's willing to happen, but it's because he could never lie. Mm-hmm. And here it's saying that he is a priest greater than all other priests because not only was um, this ordered, right, but this was ordered by God where no other priest had an oath quite like the oath Jesus had. Mm-hmm. And they put that oath right there. It's a reference to um, Psalms chapter 110, verse 4. But that the Lord has sworn, it will not change his mind. Right? He, he literally can't change his mind. Once something set in stone, it is set in stone. Mm-hmm. That you are a priest forever. And that goes back to the characteristics of God that was highlighted earlier in the chapter which speaks about how God's purposes are unchangeable, mm-hmm. how God is not a man that he should lie, like you mentioned earlier. And it, and it goes back to what um, saying that because of this, they're not able to be destroyed. You know, um, if it was us doing it on our own, in our own power, our own uh, capability, yes, we'll be destroyed. We even die. There was That's why there were so many different priests there was generations of priests you know after generation generation because each one of them eventually died Mm -hmm. um and they never came back to life however here is jesus who is all-powerful 100 percent god 100 percent man who died without um having any sins or or blemishes took on our sins but when he died he had the power this is what it talks about it does? Yeah. Okay, like, I got to read further ahead because I'm just, this is a whole You're just saying you. it like word for word verbatim. Am I really? Yeah. This is the Holy Ghost so because number, I, verse yeah. 22. Let me read this further yeah. down. <laughs> because of this oath. Yeah, but when he died, he also said that, that he's, uh, he called out to his father and said, Lord, uh, he's, uh, 
releasing his uh, spirit. He committed his, he said, yeah. I commend my spirit yeah, unto right. you. Mm-hmm. 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 But when he went down, he wasn't destroyed. He no. went down, he took all power away from Satan. He mm-hmm. set the captives took free, the took the keys, released the chains, mm-hmm. you know, preached the gospel. Yeah. Sorry, that's, that's, we have home health aid that comes in the morning. So we're at home. We're, we tell you that. Um, okay, so, so go ahead. Picking up from verse 22. All righty. It says, because of his oath, Jesus was able to become the guarantee of a better covenant, right? A superior covenant. Mm-hmm. Now, many have become Levitical priests since they are prevented by death from remaining in office, right? They die, so oh, they wow. can't remain right. priests forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Forever. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Now, verse 26, this is big. For this is the kind of high priest we need. And it gives a list. There's a colon right there. Holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day, as high priests do. First for their own sins, then for those of the people. He did this once for all time when he offered himself. For the law appoints a high priest men who are weak. But the promise of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son who has been perfected forever. That's the end of Hebrews chapter 7. You know, um, I don't know, Will, you want to add anything? Um, I really just to see that, you know, people can gloss right over this. Mm-hmm. If you look at the impact that the priest has on the nation, that has on the individual soul, this is just very important. We we know of Jesus of being many things. He is called like the Rose of Sharon. He is called the Son of David. He is called the Lily in the Valley. Right. He is called all these different names. I am that I am. And you could put it in the blank or wherever that, that is, that he is to you, um, based on what Scripture um, shared with you. But this part right here, I believe, is is so fundamental. It's so elementary. However, there are a lot that really do not comprehend the depthness of the priesthood, to understand the role, the responsibility, the weight that it takes for someone to be um, that priest and also that sacrificial lamb and also the all-powerful, indestructible life, perfect, not being destroyed, battling Satan, mm-hmm. and how that translate into your restoration, you mm-hmm. being redeemed. The, the only thing I can compare it to would be um, as the church, as, as what we know as being New Testament Christians, mm-hmm. followers of Christ, this is part of the old system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a little bit foreign to us as believers, as followers of Christ, because Christ has always been our high priest. But the only thing that I can attach it to or even compare it to as it relates to the church would be a pastor that is doing, uh, operating completely in the, in the complete service of a pastor. And the only and the only thing that's missing from that is the atonement of sin from that. But a true pastor 
what he's doing. He's praying for the members of his church. He's covering for them as far as like he's finding out what their issues are. He's praying for them. He's delivering the word of God to them. He's a representative for that saint. Um, uh, you know, you, you hear many pastors talk about them kind of being the shepherd of a flock. And even though people know that they have their individual relationship with Christ and they should not necessarily be following the pastor. If a pastor is walking in line with the word of God and teaching the word and being prayerful for his people, this is the closest um, similarity or comparison that we can make to a high priest. Now, what is the piece that's missing? The most important piece. The most important piece that's missing is the atonement for sin. And so in the New Testament church, in the new covenant, Jesus has covered that completely. And, you know, with all the conversation that's been going on, you know, I haven't had to chime in because you, you all have been on point 100%. Um, and, and my thought is, Pebbles, with the statement that you just made, is that we don't fathom how deep this is. We don't fathom how um, necessary this is. The fact that Jesus was able to die for our sins one time, perfect, holy sacrifice one time. And now he is uh, remaining in that position of high priest where the Bible says that we can come boldly into his presence and obtain mercy and grace in time of need. And why can we come into the presence of God boldly? Mm -hmm. It's because of Jesus and the ultimate sacrifice that he made. That's why we can come boldly and receive grace and mercy. And this can be done all the time. How do we know this? Because the disciples asked Jesus how many times should they forgive people? And he said 70 times 7, I think is what he said. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't say that because... That's the actual number. What he said was, if if you if we really look deep into the words that he that he meant, was that it's really innumerable. It's more about you being able to have my heart that forgives, mm -hmm. and that's the position that Jesus takes as high priest. Is that we can come to him boldly because of what he has done. So. We don't really understand the depths of it. We try to wrap our, our minds around it. And it's really one of those things that that I have in my personal relationship with Christ. It's just that, you know, I don't understand it, but I'm thankful for it. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for the fact that he sits in that position for me. I'm thankful for the fact that I have a relationship with him. And... um it makes it even more powerful as we learn about what the Levitical priests were doing and how God has established that. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's pretty much all I have to add. But I mean, it's 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 a fantastic system, but it was it's the old system, and Jesus came to fulfill. Yeah, He said, "I did not come to abolish the law, 
So when you look at this as, as being part of the old covenant and the old law, Jesus fulfilled it. He took it to the next level. He made it. He embellished it and made it more powerful. It says that he heavenly places. Yeah. Because he sits at the right hand of God the Father. That's right. Forever. Because he doesn't Forever. Die. There you go. So that people mm-hmm. throughout all time. There's no other level you can yeah. go to, right? You can't go better than that. <laughs> yes. It's a superior. Just like you say, you, you, I think you had like a, a point to chime in. Was it something that you want to share? Uh, I probably forgot it. No? Okay. Well, maybe it'll come back to you. No, go ahead, Will. I just, I just no, want to make sure. No, that's that's it. I think um, that you know we're looking at when we're talking about Jesus as the high priest. We're talking about the fulfillment of the law. The, this is this is what the Father envisioned from the beginning. I think Josiah got it. You came back to you. No, it didn't. It did. No. <laughs> I was like, Holy Ghost, bring back to. It. This uh, it says uh, also uh, that um, when he did one for all times, mm-hmm. and he offered himself up um, uh, uh, for death uh, for sacrifice, mm-hmm. and that coupled all sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means uh, I guess that means that people don't have to do sacrifice. Like burnt off and stuff like that. And, no more. and it really goes back to what was the purpose of that? It was the purpose was because our fellowship was broken mm-hmm. with God because of the original sin. Yes. He God at you know he would come into the garden mm-hmm. in the cool of the day and walk and talk right. fellowship, and that was broken. Mm-hmm. They were herded out of the garden for their for safety mm-hmm. that they wouldn't partake or eat. Adam and Eve mm-hmm. of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and forever live, live in their sin. In their sin. Right. That was done for, for a safety to protect their soul. Mm-hmm. But God had always desired his unchangeable purpose was for fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was Jesus was the perfection. Mm-hmm. He the one who was able to restore that perfect fellowship where we didn't have to go through that Levitical ritual system anymore. He did it once and for all, like you said, Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says in the scripture that he is our only, there's only one mediator that's given to us that is a mediator between God and humanity. Right. And that his name is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Son of God. So... In this, that was the main reason why that came into play was to be able to restore fellowship with God, and we mm-hmm. were able to worship Him. And I think uh, that God tried to restore fellowship uh, with His people uh, during after Mo- after Moses, because He had He wanted Aaron to build um, this tent, and, you know. With everything in the tabernacle, yeah, the mm-hmm. tabernacle. Tabernacle is a and place of meeting place where God can come and dwell, dwell with the mm-hmm. people. And uh, I think He tried that a couple of times, but uh, the people were so sinful that. Well, you know what? Even on the mount, the when they went out into the wilderness, and yeah. God was like, "Hey, um, one, I want you to be my people." If you were to follow me, you'll be my people. If you love right. me, you follow my commands. Mm-hmm. Here it is. And here 
is Moses. He receives it. And at, the, at this time, God was like, I want to come down there and talk with them. Yeah. I can come down and talk with them, get them prepared, tell them this is what they need to do for them to understand that I'm holy. Mm-hmm. Have them not to cross this mark, right. this boundary mark next to the mountain, not even animals. Animals mm-hmm. will die. Not okay. God's desire to fellowship with us, even to a point where he will give us strategic steps and mm-hmm. how we can even be near him, close to him. Mm-hmm. His presence can be as close as it can get where we won't die mm-hmm. in this physical body that is sinful okay he actually came down and the mountain it was like his voice was like thunder and the cloud descended and the people became so afraid of his presence they didn't know god the way that moses knew god you know they just knew him based off of they thought they would die they thought they would die and they said no 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 that's fine moses you just go up back up on that mountain and you talk to God and, and then we will listen to you if you come back down and tell us what God says. But that even shows the attempt that God has made mm-hmm. to be near and close to us. And here it is in this perfected priesthood, this superior priesthood, right. where we can now fellowship with God through prayer mm-hmm. and worship him. Yes. So, so when you said that, it, it brought a point to my mind is that that... That's partly why this was instituted, probably, because what did the people say? They said, we don't want to go talk to God. Mm -hmm. We don't want to experience God. You go on our behalf. Mm -hmm. See, that's probably the first time that was stated. God did not originally want that. What did he originally want? He wanted to come and be a part of the people like he did in the first place in the very beginning in the garden garden. so that's the way god wanted it and guess what that's actually the best way Mm -hmm. that and and so he went ahead and gave them the old covenant because they needed he needed they needed to see first of all that to reveal sin to them and know what his standard was and everything Mm -hmm. But his true heart was to come down amongst the people and the people, because they were sinful, did not want that. Right. That's the, that's the really the issue. And, you know, so he establishes the system. But I think he's establishing the system. You know, one thing that I have learned about God is that God will move us slowly and develop us until we can get to the place that he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And this is what he has done with the with the children of Israel. They they weren't ready to they did not want that one-on-one personal relationship or they weren't ready to have that. And God was like, "I want that, but in lieu of that, here's what you can do for the atonement of your sins and to relate with me. Do right. this." And work through the high priest. Yeah. But he's moved his people farther along the path and moved them closer to what his original plan was mm-hmm. from the very beginning. God has worked his plan to reestablish his relationship and connection and fellowship with mankind. And the way that he executed it was through the new covenant with his son. And so he sent his son. To be the high priest where now 
my very spirit lives on the within you i'm fellowshipping with you through my son i you have the same spirit we all have the same spirit and jesus has prayed this he said i want your people to be one mm-hmm. i want them to be one and i want them to be in me and i want i, I and i'm in you and we are together working together all in us and mm-hmm. so that's the father was in the son and the son's in the father and we're in jesus and we're in the father mm-hmm. and all that is interconnected and that is relationship that's what he wanted from the very beginning and um it just when pebble said what she said it clicked for me yeah that clicked it when the people said we don't want to experience your glory right. just send moses up there mm-hmm. and that's where that began and God's true heart was not that. He didn't just want to talk to Moses. Right. He wanted to talk to Moses and have an individual relationship with Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he wanted to be amongst the people and have actually have an individual relationship with him. Yeah. Now he has done that through his right. son. That's a really good point. I think that point is gold. And like the way you phrase that kind of clicks something in me too, right? Because we see that pattern going throughout the entirety of the old testament basically where first um people were supposed to have just a a one-on-one individual relationship with god Mm -hmm. right but obviously that failed in the garden and so now the people they say oh we don't want to experience them individually but go send some person up there Mm -hmm. to be an advocate for us and that's that's when the priests um were born and then after that they said oh we don't want the priests to be an advocate for us we want to be like the other countries and have a king Mm -hmm. and so God said, okay, That's I'll it. give you a king. For you. And then it goes so on and so on. But the thing that is crazier to me is that Jesus embodies all those things that the people wanted. Because mm-hmm. yes, first, Jesus exactly. was the priest. That's the point. He was yes. an advocate for us. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Jesus is our king. He's yes. our Lord, right? Mm-hmm. He rules yeah, over point. us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the end of all of Jesus was our sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. And he died for our sins mm-hmm. so yes. that we could go even further in our relationship with him because we can't grow near to him mm-hmm. if we have sin because god can't associate himself with sin that's right mm-hmm. so, Completely you, so you need it. that part yeah of jesus right, exactly right and you so need you, a king to follow exactly right mm-hmm. and you need a priest and, to be and then uh, you know that i think all of that goes back to the garden uh eve because like adam and eve they had no sin until they ate the the fruit and so God could be among them, mm-hmm. and and everything. So He could walk with them, talk with them, and, and things like that. So I think He's in the long run He's reestablished that, but it it got like a, a great big circle mm-hmm. where it got to go all the way we around. Yeah, it was all part of His plan. <laughs> right. yep. Yeah, detoured a little bit, yeah. but mm-hmm. going back to it, God's um, purpose is unchangeable, mm-hmm. and. Um, it and, and it goes back to the how Jesus he guaranteed this promise for us. Uh-huh. It cannot be annulled. Uh-huh. For every area, he satisfied a hundred percent completely. Uh-huh. Whereas everyone else has failed. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where it um, really leads us to understand. And like I said, if we really, really think about this office of being a priest. The office of being a king, combining the two, um, the role and the, and the servant servanthood mm-hmm. of those roles. 
that office in general, just what has been established and how Jesus sits at the right hand of God, God, the father, Uh he continue to make intercession for us. Mm -hmm. We will come more boldly. Uh Yeah. You know, won't be a middleman in essence, all these different priests, you know, but we can just pray in Jesus name. Uh, I think one, I want to say one thing quickly about what Josiah said. He, He tied that together very well where he, um, make the connection between the priest, the king, and um, savior. And like you said, Josiah, the people were crying for a king. And God in his mercy and his grace towards mankind, he was like, okay, I'll give you that. That's not what I want, but I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing with the priest. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want. But I'll give you that. And he wove it into his purpose still. So it's it's almost like when we take a look at our relationship with Christ, you know, there's some things that are wrong and there's things that are right. And then there's some things that God is like, OK, that's not necessarily part of the plan, but I can I can show you grace and give you that and weave that in. That's not the focus. And um you see that many times and how he deals with his people with the grace and the mercy and how he will answer prayers that it's not necessarily off of his plan, but it's not directly what he wants to do, but he'll still weave it in, right. make it part in his grace and mercy and bring things back full circle. Because the great thing about God is this, is that he knows that his word is true. All he has to do is speak something and it's going to happen. And so he will allow for certain things. Just like you take divorce really quick. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but take it really quick. (laughs) And, and, you know, where Moses told the people, he said, this is, this is not something that I plan for, Mm -hmm. but here are the circumstances in which you can do it. So in other words, I will allow for it under certain circumstances. So Jesus and the Father, they make these, um, they weave things into their purpose that may not be, quote unquote, the direct line, but he weaves it in, makes a part of his purpose because he knows that his word is true and he's going to bring things full circle like you were saying yeah, earlier. One, one, one other thing too, when the people started asking for a king, they already had a king, which was God. And, 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 but yet they want a king uh, uh, down on where they can intervene and uh, talk to. But on the one thing, God would have been perfect. Uh, he's the perfect king. So uh, the king that he uh, allowed them to have, all, all of them became destructive. You know, they always not up. all of them. There yeah. were some good kings. There were some good kings. But, yeah, there was some. But good Saul kings. was but, they, but again, but none just like of them the, was, was, was without blemish. But there again, they will die. Yeah, they will die, yeah. and another king will come up. And and just as to cap this off in summary, and we. Mm. Um, We'll just read the next two verses to give thought, okay, yeah. um, to wrap it up, and then we'll go into prayer. Ultimately, as um, Will, you were sharing earlier, I think God allowed those things to happen in 
um, light of his unchangeable purpose and his plans, yeah. uh-huh. how he directs and how he orchestrates and how he's sovereign is because of his patience. He's teaching us. He's showing us that, hey, again, you know, if you would just trust in me and believe that what I say is good, what I say is is evil is enough. You know, you're not the one who determines what is good and what is evil. Mm-hmm. Just rest and trust me. You know, he's yep. teaching us that in our own plans and our own thoughts, our own ways are not going to match up to his. And at the very end, we'll get to a point, hopefully that we surrender and we realize that, yes, he's indeed king. And like how you say in God, um, dad, that he's our God, but he's also our king. And I don't think that's something they really understood the office of God, what his role mm. is, how he made everything. And his office is also king is also high priest It's also um, he is. He said it. I am. Mm. And so I don't believe that they really made that connection, just like the many people today who do not make the connection. They think there's a separation. Between God and government, they think there's a separation between God and their house. They can choose to invite God in, and that's very well true. You know, you can invite God, and his presence would be there, and Jesus would be there, the Holy Spirit would be there, and you have that triune relationship. But for those who reject him and do not accept him, then God's presence is, is not there, you know. And ultimately, when it comes down, it will be a judgment. It'd be a judgment if you accepted his son or not. And there's only one salvation. So um, we're going to go ahead and read through the rest of these scriptures. I just kind of want to tie that up in a summary because tomorrow we'll get more into it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Josiah. So the first scripture is Genesis 14, verse 18 through 20. This is going over when uh, Melchizedek blessed Abram. Uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought up bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Abram is blessed by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has handed over your enemies to you. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. That's the first tithe we see. And then the next scripture, is this is the final scripture we have for today, is 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have a priest to advocate between us. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That's the end of the scripture. So tomorrow, come back again. I think we are getting more and more clarity, understanding as we go through this scripture. I know the day before was kind of shaky. The day before that was kind of shaky. And what I mean by that is... If you um, don't allow those tough scriptures to cause you to wean in your consistency of coming and meeting with your family, your small group, to actually go through the scriptures, not everything is going to be easy. But yet, if you persist and you study to show yourself approved, then God will um, grace you with um, an understanding and bless you with an understanding heart to have wisdom and understanding so tomorrow we'll go more into hebrews chapter 8 the top of the top of hebrews and we'll go more into what that um and this i love how this is it's going more into the priesthood um but we're going to talk about the heavenly part of it Mm -hmm. that jesus has so we're going to go ahead and start off in prayer okay 
Lord God, we thank you for waking us up another morning. Uh, we thank you for um, how you have been keeping us and watching over our family, how you've protected us, how you've guided us to to do more throughout this season where people would find it natural to shrink back, that you have called us um, not only into more responsibility, but um, into... Uh, more connection between our family and between you that we have grown um, spiritually and that um, we were able to share with other people more than we ever have before so we're just thankful to you that you are sovereign that you are almighty that everything that happens is for the good of the people who believe in you that your planning is perfect and your timing is perfect now all we have to do is rely on you and you will um, provide everything that we need. And so, um, as we go about our days and as we go about through the rest of this week, I ask that you just help us to meditate over the scripture, that we understand that not only is Jesus our high priest, but he's a perfect priest. And that priest before cannot compare, and that false priest cannot come to terms with the weight of the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us on that cross. Um, so, we just pray all this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray to you um, and thank you for everything that you have done for us. And we know that you love us because you sent your only son down to die, uh, to die for us and, try, and to save us also. And he, he blessed us when he asked uh, you to forgive us because we did not know what we was doing and we also have learned that love is one of the most important things and commands that you have so we have begun to learn about you and to study you and also to love you and love each and every one, including our neighbors and friends. Dear Heavenly Father, take us through this day. Watch over us and keep us and bless us in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, Almighty God, our Lord and our Savior, our High Priest, we come to you through the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the ability to be able to come to you boldly. Lord God, that um, we may come and enter into your presence to make petition and requests and make our needs and our requests known to you, Lord God. Explain the situation and what's going on in our lives today, Lord. I thank you that you are personable. I thank you that you are inviting. I thank you that you accept, Lord God, um, our petitions, Lord God, if we pray according to your um, scripture, Lord God, we pray according to your purpose, Lord God. Um, we thank you, Lord God, that your purposes are unchangeable, Lord. We, and we come to you, Lord God. We have this hope in your um, promises. And as we come um, go in our day, Lord God, we continue to just take hope with us as we um, walk out and we speak with others, that we share this great hope, the hope of glory, the hope of Jesus' return. 
I thank you, Lord, that there will be a day that you will make a new heaven and a new earth, Lord. And Lord God, that you will perfect this body that we live in, Lord, that we will have perfect fellowship with you, that we will be reunited with you, that we'll be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I thank you how your purposes are intertwined in all the stories that we are learning through this Bible. I thank you for all the different people who have lived, Lord God, and even as we analyze their lives, Lord, um, we can pick out um, lots of things that people could have done and what they could have said. And, and even for ourselves, Lord God, we will uplift ourselves on the standard, but we understand that we are sinful, that we are, uh, we are not perfect. Lord God, only one mediator existed, and that was Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for coming to show us the way of life. We thank you for teaching us on the Sermon of the Mount. We thank you for healing us and delivering us. We thank you for your correction and your rebuke. We thank you, Lord, for how you showed us in the way that we should go, Lord God, and that we follow you in, in our ways, Lord God, that we love you, we glorify um our Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord God, that relationship um, is so precious to us. We thank you that we move and we live and we have our being because of you. And so, Lord God, even though we do a character study on you at this time, understanding about your priesthood, understanding about you being a king, Lord God, ultimately it helps us be able to know you. And so that we can come boldly before you. We can um, speak to you, Lord God, and understand what would be acceptable to request. And Lord, as we continue to come to you each and every morning, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to give us an understanding heart, that we may have wisdom and insight. But more than that, Lord God, that our love, Lord God, should not grow cold. Lord God, that we shall move when the Holy Spirit prompts us, Lord God, that we'll be coachable and teachable, Lord God. Lord God, that we will be your student, Lord, and that we will also be your son, your heirs, and your daughters, Lord. Lord God, that we will be a servant, that we will um, serve you, Lord God, with humility, Lord God. Lord God, that we will be um, forever in awe of your majesty and your greatness and just your precious, precious patience that you have with us and your precious um, grace that you have sent to us by gift through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your um, your 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 mercy that is um that has so many riches attached to it, how you continue to lavish that upon us, Lord God. And so, Lord God, we just ask, Lord, for um, that you continue to um, strengthen us, continue to build us up, continue to um, lead us and guide us, Lord God, in all truth, Lord God, that we may hear your voice only, Lord God, and reject the, all the other voices that come to distract us, to take us off the path, Lord God. Our goal, Lord God, is to be able to um, enter into the courts, into the gate, um, into the gate, into the courts, Lord God, and be able to worship you. And so, Lord, as we go forward in this day, Lord God, we just commend our spirits to you, Lord God. We just ask that you will continue to dwell among us in, the, in our home, Lord God, and dwell in our hearts, Lord God, that our hearts may be softened, Lord God, that we have a heart of flesh, Lord. Lord God, we just come and we repent of all of our sins, Lord God, all of our shortcomings, Lord God. We thank you for the continual um, sacrifice. We thank you for the perpetual office that Jesus Christ serves, how he continues, Lord God 
God. His blood washes over us like a waterfall, Lord God, that makes us white as snow, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for that perfection of that fellowship. And again, we just praise you and we honor you. We glorify, uh, magnify you. We glorify your name. And we just um, just lift you up with the most high praises this morning, Lord God, um, as this is a, a prayer of thanksgiving and of praise. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Psalms 91, God's safe place. If anyone lives in God's safe place, the Most High God protects that person. I will say to the Lord, you are the strong place where I will be safe. You are my God and I trust in you. God will keep you safe so that no trap will catch you. He will not let any illness kill you. He will keep you safe like a bird keeps his baby safe under its wings. Because he keeps his promises, he will keep you safe like a shield and armor. Do not be afraid of troubles that come in the night. Or of your enemy's arrows during the day. Do not be afraid of any illness that comes when it's dark. Or any trouble that comes in the middle of the day. A thousand people may die at your side. Or even ten thousand people. But these bad things will not hurt you. Your own eyes will see this happen. You will see wicked people receive the punishment that they deserve. You have come to the Lord to make you safe. The Most High God has become your home. No bad thing will happen to you. No illness will come to your home. For God will tell his angels to keep you safe. They will protect you wherever you go. They will hold you safely in their hands so you do not hurt your foot on a stone. You will win against lions and snakes. You will walk over them. The Lord says, if someone loves me, I will keep him safe. Because he worships me, I will protect him. When he calls to me for help, I will answer him. When he has trouble, I will be with him. I will rescue him and people will respect him. I will give to him a long life so that he is happy. He will see that I have the power to save people. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again for joining us for God and Home. We just ask that you continue to follow us. Um, check us out um, on our next podcast. And um, we definitely challenge you to make God um, presence in your home um, the most important thing. And... Um, and continue to show yourself approved to study scriptures, come into fellowship with your family and small group, um, that we may all um, get to know him even more and more. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank God for this time. Amen. 